Hey, I hope Father's Day was enjoyable. Chris Chris took a nap on the couch yesterday, which is pretty much an unbeatable Father's Day gift. Today, by the way, is Monday, June 22nd, and according to nationaltoday.com, it's National Take Your Cat to Work Day, National Kissing Day, and National Onion Ring Day. I feel like those last two are contradictory, but hey, whatever. Even onion ring lovers need affection. Hi and hello! You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. In about three weeks, Disney opens again to the public. In Florida at Disney World, the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom reopens July 11th, and Epcot in Disney's Hollywood Studios opens July 15th. In California, Disneyland and California Adventure opens again on July 17th, which is the 65th anniversary of Disneyland opening in 1955. Disney parks have been closed since March 15th, and this three-month closing is the longest the parks have ever been closed. Prior to this, globally, the longest unscheduled closure for a Disney park is the Tokyo Resort when it was forced to close for five weeks in 2011 after the devastating March 11th earthquake and tsunami. Since March, Chris has been saying that when Disney opens, that that will be the bellwether, that people will feel a sense of normalcy knowing that Disney is open, that other businesses will follow suit, and consumers may feel like the economy is getting back to normal. Six Flags will open to the public one month from today on July 22nd. You should know that Disney World holds a special place in my heart because, well, when I was really struggling in college and wanted to take some time off to reevaluate if I did in fact want to go into vocational ministry, which is what I was studying at Olivet, I decided to drop out and join the circus. Or in this case, I decided to drop out and join the Disney College program. I had learned about it from a guidance counselor at Olivet. It was my first semester of my senior year, and I was having a really hard time academically and just with a feeling that I was that I was messing up my whole life. It's, it still boggles my mind that, that a person's brain isn't fully developed until age 25, but yet at age 18, we have to make these huge decisions that influence the entire trajectory of our lives. I had one year to go in my religion major, but really knew that I was not meant for or called to vocational ministry. I became a Christian right before college, and as you might be able to tell, I really enjoy speaking into microphones. I really like being on stage. I like teaching others. So I thought, well, since I'm a new Christian, maybe I should study religion so I can talk in a microphone and teach others about the faith. But as time went on, I realized that what I actually wanted to do was to act and to write. And my college didn't have a theater major or writing program. I sought the wisdom of a guidance counselor for that first semester of my senior year, and I told her that I just needed to take a semester off to really think through some things, but that I didn't want to go home. I told her that I was going to drive down from where we were in northern Illinois to Tallahassee, Florida to audition for the real world, (laughs) and she pondered if I might be able to interview for the Disney College program while I was down there. 
Incredibly, there was one last interview happening for the college program that was to start in January, and that interview wasn't in Orlando where Disney World was. It was in Tallahassee, the very place where I was going to audition for the real world. My best friend B was in a similar place in her life, struggling in the same ways that I was struggling in college, so she said she'd be game to going to Florida with me for the audition and the Disney interview. Guys, we didn't even get to the real world audition. We got in line when auditions first started. We had booked a hotel within walking distance of the studio where they were doing the auditions, and this is not a joke. The line was cut at the person right in front of us. They gave us a little slip of paper saying that we could send in a tape if we'd like for the audition, but that we would not be able to audition in person that day. I was so frustrated and sad because I had made the semifinal round the year before and chickened out after I had passed the phone interviews. I I chickened out right before I had to do the in-person interviews in Los Angeles. When I made it that far the year before, I got cold feet. I was really nervous about editing and about being single and Christian and the pressure to not fail in my faith and morals on national television. I didn't feel grounded enough or sure enough that I'd make that I'd make wise choices since I hadn't experienced a true college experience yet. Olivet, the college I first attended, was very strict. We had a dress code, we had a curfew, we couldn't drink even if we were of age, there was no co-ed swimming, no boys could visit girls' rooms, and vice versa, and we weren't allowed to dance. Like, you could get fined if you were caught at the club or someone told administration that you went to a club, and the school didn't sponsor any dances on campus or anything like that. So... When I got my final written questionnaire that I was supposed to fill out to prepare for the in-person interview, there was a post-it note affixed to it. And someone had written, we love your blog and all your stories about dating at your conservative Christian college. We'd love to see how your dating life translates to the real world. I got a bad feeling in my stomach and realized, oh, they have an angle here. I'm going to be the corrupted Christian. That just felt really ugly to me, and I just knew the odds were not in my favor making it out with my integrity intact. But I had been mulling it over for a year, talking with people at my church about whether it would be possible for a Christian to do a reality TV show and come out unscathed. And here's a fun tidbit. Chris knew Matt from the New Orleans year, which was 2000. They were at Georgia Tech together, and they were both these straight-edge white Christian boys who took the breakdancing elective and (laughs) who went out to photograph the city graffiti together. I hadn't watched the show since the San Francisco year, which was 1994, but little high school me made a promise to future me that one day, one day, I would audition for the real world. Chris and I were just friends the first time I applied for the real world, but we had started dating by the next year. He said that he thought Matt did a great job at staying true to his beliefs and was like, you should try again. And this is the part of the story where I admit that I win a lot of things, and if I go for something, it doesn't occur to me that I may not get it. If I go for something and I enter something, I expect that I'm going to win it. I fully expected to do my real world audition again and to be on the show. 
So B and I drove all the way, 14 hours, and we literally slept in my car at a rest stop somewhere in Alabama, which is which is now insane to me when I think about it. And we drove all that way, and then we couldn't even audition. To say that I was frustrated and sad is probably an understatement. I think B has a photo of me with my feet in the hotel swimming pool trying to smile, but my red eyes make it evident that I had been quite upset. Nonetheless, I am I am very thankful for our backup plan. B and I did our Disney College program interview together. They they took us in the room together, and then we waited for our letters. If we got it, we would leave school because the college program started I think a week after the second semester of school started. And if we didn't, we'd either stay at school or, or I'll admit it, we probably would drop out of school and figure something else out. Maybe we would have gone back to work in the factories that we worked at prior to college. We just really, really didn't know and fully expected to land the Disney College program. After Christmas break, our letters came and we both got in. We were both offered the role of quick service host. I had no idea what that was, but honestly, I was just glad I didn't get assigned custodial host. We had to agree that we would accept the role, but we had no idea what it meant or even which park we'd work in. You see, every year, Walt Disney World employs thousands of college students for their Disney college program, like literally between four to 8,000 kids every semester. The students live near the theme parks in furnished apartments. There are four different complexes, and we are all bused to and from work. They call these students CPs for college program, and we were paid minimum wage, and then rent was taken directly out of our paychecks. My family is pretty disappointed that I had left college with only one semester to go, so I was on my own and probably the poorest I had ever been. CPs fill many, many roles in the park. They are janitors, ride operators, fast food service workers. They do ticketing and greeting and basically any menial task. Very, very rarely do CPs get to work in entertainment, but it does happen. One of my roommates was a butterfly in a parade at Epcot, and a guy that played Pluto lived in my building. I have to say that going from a very sheltered Christian college to the Disney College program was a complete culture shock. I will never forget. On our first day there, a guy from across the hall came over to ask if he could help carry stuff up to the apartment. He was not wearing a shirt. I could not stop staring as it dawned on me that I hadn't seen boy nipples in like three years at that point. I hadn't had a boy in my apartment, I think, ever. So imagine college without the classes. 4,000 aimless college students with full access to warm swimming pools and steaming hot tubs at night. No one has to drive themselves anywhere, and you don't even have to get dressed for work in the morning. No, you can just stumble onto the bus for your morning shift, and then you go to wardrobe to get dressed at work. There was no such thing as dorm monitors or RAs. We were just a bunch of 18 to 24-year-olds living and working and partying together. All the bad decisions that I feared making on the real world were just happening privately on Disney property instead. (laughs) The apartments were divided into wellness and regular apartments. Wellness just meant it was (laughs) alcohol-free. If you were under 21, you were automatically assigned to a wellness apartment. If you were over 21, you could choose which apartment. 
B was only 20 when we did the program, so I said my preference was to be her roommate, so we had a wellness apartment that we shared with four other girls. So it was six girls in a three-bedroom, two-bath apartment. B and I were the only of our roommates that knew each other prior to the program. Michelle and Lena and Jen were awesome, and we had a roommate named Lindsay, the butterfly, who is not, who is not awesome. <laughs> Her roommate, Jen, ended up leaving before the program ended, and and Lena ended up leaving too. We all shared one kitchen, and it's a kitchen that I don't recall using even once, and and we shared a living room, and and that was our living situation. As for work, I want to say that we didn't know exactly what we'd be doing or even which park we'd be working at until we got to the college program. Like, we didn't learn what we would be doing until, until that day that we arrived, So it wasn't until we got there or finished our training that Brooke and I learned that we would be working at Restaurantosaurus, which was a fast food restaurant serving McDonald's fries and giant cheeseburgers inside Animal Kingdom. So basically, I worked at a McDonald's inside Disney, which I always joke is just two layers of corporate filth. B would work both the front and the back of the house, and she did it all. Some days she would have to cook. Some days she would do custodial work around the restaurant. Some days she'd be pulling food from the line and giving it to the customers. And I did mainly front of the house and satellite jobs. I was a cashier most of the time at the restaurant, or I did sodas. And then once a week, I would work a frozen lemonade stand all by myself across from like a sand pit where kids would dig. On the days that I opened, I got to walk families into the restaurant for the character breakfast, and I'd get to tell them a little story about Mickey Mouse going camping. This was my favorite part of the job. I wrote home and told my family that I was Mickey's fluffer. (laughs) A few times a week, it was my job to peel up all the masking tape on the ground after the parade. The tape marked where people had to stand behind along a parade route, and literally every day that I was assigned this job, a guest would see me peeling the tape off the asphalt and building a big tape ball, and they would marvel, wow, it's someone's job to pick up the tape? This was this was my least favorite part of the job, only second to cleaning the giant 10-foot griddle stove thing called the clam. Ugh, I hated that. As I mentioned, we were paid minimum wage and then rent was taken right out of our paychecks. And we were so poor while doing the Disney College program. I lived off of generic raisin brand and ramen noodles and peanut butter jelly and corn chips. We would go to the movies once a week or so where we got a discount and I would sneak in an old popcorn bag so that I could just keep refilling the same bag every week for like eight months. We didn't get a free meal per shift or anything like that at the restaurant. And I was telling my friend Lindsay this last week that at, at Restaurantosaurus, we had these delicious $5 lemon bars. And I would pull the tray of the lemon bars out and accidentally press my thumbs into the corner of the lemon bars. Since Disney food had to look perfect, I'd have to move the damaged lemon bars to what was called the spoil tray in the walk-in cooler to be counted later. At the end of the night, it was someone's job to count and record the items on the spoil tray. The manager would have to sign off on the spoilage, and sometimes, sometimes they'd say to the CP who was doing the spoil count that they could have one thing off the spoil tray, and then I'd get my lemon bar. 
Also, there was a kindly older gentleman named John who made the turkey wraps for our restaurant, and occasionally he would accidentally leave the turkey and bacon off a wrap and put the wrap marked no meat on the spoil tray and then give me a heads up. My manager knew that I was a vegetarian at the time, so when one of John's accidentally vegetarian wraps hit the tray, occasionally she'd offer to let me have that for lunch or to take it home for dinner since it was going to be tossed anyway. I will probably remember John's kindness until my dying day. Animal Kingdom back then closed at 5 o'clock, so I would pick up extra shifts selling popcorn at Fantasmic. That shift usually started at 6 and lasted till midnight. I tried to get a job at Texas Roadhouse nearby, but only lasted a couple weeks because people tipped horribly in Orlando or would leave me Disney gift cards or one-day park hopper passes as my tip. Chris would come and visit and feel so bad for me that he would leave money in my room for me. You know, I'm talking about this job like I hated it, and maybe time has made me remember it wrong, but I loved my time there. I was there January through August, and when Chris graduated from college, I wanted to live near him, so we decided to strike out for California together. I'd go to Cal State Monterey Bay and get to know my mom better, and he'd look for work as a new computer science graduate. B stayed on for another semester with the college program until I convinced her to join me and Chris in California. I know it's cliche, but I recall that eight months as magical. I remember going to the Disney parks with my friends on my days off, eating Mickey bars and saving enough money to do a character breakfast with my friends. I mean, because those are all you can eat. We'd go out dancing. We'd stay up late. We'd goof off at work. We'd watch fireworks. Chris would grab cheap flights and come down to visit, so a lot of our early dating happened in the most magical place on Earth. I had my first teppanyaki with him at Epcot. We celebrated our first anniversary together at Disney World. And he humored me and rode my favorite ride, It's a Small World, over and over and over with me on hot summer days. I have photos of us at age 21 from all over the park. I'd have a flower tucked behind my ear, and he had long, shaggy hair. I know it's cheesy, but I will always remember my time there as magical. I wasn't a big Disney fan before the college program, but I left completely brainwashed and 100% devoted. It would be eight years until I would return. I'll tell you more about that after today's Sponsor Spotlight segment. As moms, we take care of others 24-7. And come on, I can admit it. When it comes to taking care of myself, that often falls by the wayside. It shouldn't be this way. Thank goodness for Care Of. Care Of makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan delivered right to your door. Start by taking their short online quiz to answer some questions about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle. It's easy. It's just questions like, how much sleep do you get? Mm, Fewer than six hours. How often do you work out? Less than once per week. Do you follow any specialty diets? Yes, dairy-free, gluten-free, keto. And are you concerned about your hair, skin, and nail health? Why, yes. Yes, I am. And, you know, that sort of thing. Right away, Kara will recommend a list of vitamins and supplements specifically for your health needs and goals. Select the ones you want and add things like protein powder, and then Care Of's high-quality research-backed vitamins and supplements get sent straight to your door, which is great for moms who don't want to deal with the hassle of a vitamin aisle at a store. When I took the quiz, it suggested I take magnesium to help me sleep better, the herb ashwagandha for strength and endurance, and zinc to support my immune system. 
I added their plant-based protein powder since I was so impressed by the ingredients. Carob's protein powders are made with wholesome ingredients that you can recognize, things like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt, instead of unpronounceable things that sound like a fictional science experiment gone wrong. I would love for you to take the quiz and try care of yourself. Today, by the way, friends, can enjoy 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Just go to takecareof.com and enter code TODAY50. Again, go to takecareof.com and enter TODAY50 to receive 50% off your first order. I have been using Prep Dish for three years now, and now that I'm back to a gluten-free, high-protein way of eating, I am so thankful that I'm not spending hours culling recipes and shopping lists from all over the internet trying to make a kid-friendly keto meal for my whole family. Prep Dish is my kitchen VIP. Prep Dish is a healthy meal planning service that offers a variety of options, including dairy-free, paleo, gluten-free, and keto menus, which is what we do. They email you the entire week's grocery list, which you can print or save to your phone, and then it's one trip to the grocery store or one session putting in your order at your favorite curbside pickup or grocery delivery service, and then you're set for the week. Along with the shopping list are detailed instructions so you can prep all of that week's meals in one go. This is now our family's Monday after breakfast tradition. We turn on the tunes and we get to prepping together. I'd love for you to see how easy Prep Dish is too. Visit PrepDish.com slash today to try it for two weeks completely free. That's PrepDish.com slash today. Hit me up if you take advantage of that free trial. I would love to know what dishes you're prepping. And now, back to the show. When Chris and I found out we were expecting the first time, I told him that I wanted a baby moon, something I had not heard of until I was pregnant and saw someone mention it in the forums of the nest. But a baby moon is one last hoorah a couple takes before they become parents. And I wanted a baby moon in the place where most of our early dating life happened, at Disney World. I highly, highly recommend a Disney trip with no kids, if at all possible. We had so much fun and ate such great food. And I knew that one day we'd go back with our children. So about a year ago, it occurred to me that we needed to go to Disney ASAP. I wanted to go before Jude turned 10, since that's when you have to start paying the adult price and you can't get a kid's meal. And at age nine, he is still sweet and likes the characters and isn't too cool to get autographs or do a character breakfast. And Lucy, at age five, was tall enough to ride almost everything, and she wasn't scared of much. I knew I wanted to go when my kids could skip naps and when everyone was too old for a stroller. Last fall, that window was perfect. One day, early last October, we got ready for school like usual and got in the car as if to go. I had packed the trunk the night before, and so Chris came out and hopped in the car to wish Jude a happy birthday, and we told Jude and Caroline that we wanted to give them their birthday gifts before they left for school. Jude was turning nine, and Caroline was turning seven the next day. Inside their gift bags was a lanyard with 10 Disney pins, a Disney World travel book, and a Disney autograph book. Jude opened his card, and he read it out loud. It said, let your vacation fun begin. And he asked, are we going to Disney World? And so then I asked, when would you like to go to Disney World? He tentatively said, soon. And I asked, how about right now? 
They were so confused, but giggled a hesitant yes, like they were testing me. And I said, okay, I packed the suitcases last night. Everything's in the trunk. Daddy, why don't you grab the snacks from the trunk and let's go right now. Jude and Caroline were like, are you joking? Are you serious? Are we really going? But Lucy, Lucy was all in from the get go. (laughs) She was like, yes, yes. I don't think Jude and Caroline believed we were leaving right then and there until I turned out of our neighborhood and had Disney World on the GPS. Were you so surprised about the Disney trip? I was so surprised. It it just took me by surprise. We were just going to school, and then she hands us our birthday presents, and then I see an envelope, and I don't know what it is, and I open it, and it says, Your vacation fun begins right here. Caroline, we surprised you on your birthday with a Disney trip. What did you think? It was pretty amazing. Lucy, it wasn't your birthday, but you got to benefit. What did you think? It was awesome and great. What was your favorite memory? My favorite memory, well, it's just what. We walked around, we ate soup, which is my favorite food, and we went down Rock and Roller Coaster, which was my favorite ride. Caroline, what was your favorite thing that you did at Disney World? Ride Rock and Roller Coaster. Is there anyone that you got to meet that you were just so excited to meet? Elsa. Lucy, what about you? Rapunzel. What did you think about the new Star Wars land? I really liked the new Star Wars land. Smuggler's Run was really good. Do you think that you were a good age for Disney World? Probably. I think so. What would you recommend to a family who is going to Disney World for the very first time? Well, you should... I mean, my little sister, I kind of felt bad for her because she couldn't do Rock and Roller Coaster, so you should probably wait for your kids to be the age amount or height. What was your favorite memory, Lucy? I think going on Mount Everest because you can see the shadow and you you can see it um, breaking the track and then you just go backwards. Do you think that you were too young, too old, or just right for Disney World? Just right. What about you? I think just right. If you become a mommy one day, will you take your children to Disney World? I don't know, Lily. They have to keep the house clean for a year if I do. I wish we would have done that deal. We should have done that deal. I highly recommend doing Disney at least once without your kids, but I also recommend surprising your kids with a Disney trip and leaving in that very moment. Guys, that was back in October, and they haven't called me no fun since before then. Best mom and dad ever! For today's Good Time, Good Deal segment, I'm going to do a quick plug for any Disney planner. We used my friend Christina Mims of Pixie Travel, and I've linked her Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pixie Travel by Christina, and I highly, highly recommend using a planner. It costs you nothing to use a Disney planner. Disney pays them a commission. 
They don't mark up your tickets at all. I know Disney pretty well, and I'm the kind of person who likes to plan out all the things. I'm a rope drop to fireworks kind of Disney mom with character breakfast every day and Disney bounding outfits. But having Christina's eyes and expertise on preferred dining reservations and optimal fast pass strategies and checking those literally every day was invaluable. Despite only buying our tickets 60 days in advance, we got every fast pass and every dining reservation we wanted. And I had peace of mind knowing that if the price dropped on our resort booking or if they rolled out a cheaper Disney dining plan, price drop adjustments would be made without us even asking or checking for them. Plus, Christina surprised us with a little road trip bag, and I can't imagine ever planning a Disney trip without her. It costs $0, so by all means, find a Disney planner or reach out to Christina when you're planning your next trip. I'm trying to get Chris to commit to a Disney cruise in 2021, but he's he's dubious and cautious. Gosh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> but if I do wear him down, we will use Christina's services to book that too. Okay, friend, that's it for today. And thank you for the delay. The kids said I couldn't do an episode about Disney without including them. So we had to wait until the thunderstorms were over and then we recorded. Our show notes are online at todaybytheway.com slash episodes. That's also where you can find the links to Care of and Prep Dish and my friend Christina Mims, who works with Pixie Travel. And also, I want to thank you for the reviews you left last week. It seriously refreshes me and encourages me anytime you take the time to do that for our show or to send me an encouraging DM. Happy Monday, happy Take Your Cat to Work Day, happy National Kissing Day, and happy National Onion Ring Day. Today is a new day, and friend... I am cheering you on.